Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reinhold Show, we talk about lateral releases of the knee and how we can detect some early and even chronic signs of OCD lesions. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up in Boston, Massachusetts at Champion T. What? TTE in performance. That place. Lenny Macrina, Dan Pope, Dave Tilly, Mike Scaduto, the uh, performance physical therapy crew here at Champion, answering all your fun, happy questions about Brand the Broken. No, sorry, we can't date these episodes, but spoiler a lot. But no, all your great questions, PT, fitness, sports performance, anything related to that sort of thing, we'd be happy to do it. Again, tons of great questions. Head to MikeRinald.com, click on that podcast link, and you can ask us more questions just like this. So, Len, we both, two new students? Two new two, students. Two new students right now. Len, why don't you, uh, why don't you, Len is the, uh, the, the ACCCCIC of champion PT and performance. Why don't you introduce the students today? <laughs> I would love to, Mike. Um, today we have two students, two lovely new students. One, we'll go ladies first. We have Kara May Sheft. That's right, Kara May Sheft. She's from the South, shocker. Um, she goes to Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out Mike Voigt. Mike Voigt, the Mike Voigt and company. And we also have Nick Acapella Jacapella. From Toro College, somewhere in New York. I think they specialize in lawnmowers. I don't even know. They also do PT. So <laughs> look for Toro, the green symbol. And uh, they also or do bull PT. Fighting. That's fine lawn, <laughs> fine lawn, lawn care and physical therapy. therapy. Toro College? Toro College. And that's in New York? Yes. How many PT schools are in New York? <laughs> just right now. It's like they're adding new ones every day. Yeah, they just build up. They just like. Toro. Does Toro have something to do with like a bull? Yeah, Toro. Yeah, so. Toro. Yeah. Bull. Under, 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 under. All right, yeah. awesome. Maybe that should be his nickname. University the bull, of Bull. The bull. The bull. The bull. Awesome. All right, who's starting today? I got him. May, what's our first question for our listeners today? All right, we have Gar from Columbus, Georgia. Is a lateral release the death of the knee? <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> that was a quick, easy question. I actually, that was a good one. Is a lateral release a bathroom of Well, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering, I mean, clearly Gar, or I don't know, maybe I had a typo and it's like Gary, and I, and I, and I forgot the why. I apologize if that's the case. But I, I mean, clearly you've had some people that haven't done well with a lateral release, and that, that's not uncommon, right? Like to have somebody, you know, not do it. I feel like lateral release used to be super popular back in the day, I don't know, 20 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago, used to be super popular. And I think it was just one of those things, like if you had knee pain, you know, they said, let's just shoot for it without addressing like the real issue. So I wonder if that's why, but I don't know, who wants to start with their experience? I mean, I can. Start on the uh, side of the road? Yeah, I mean, I can because I've treated a bunch and I've had people do really well after yeah. a release. So I wouldn't say it's, what was it, was it the death of the knee? Yeah. Um, I don't know, hopefully that knee didn't die. In my hands, the, the knees didn't die. Um, they did pretty well. Um, 
I, I think it was our thoughts changed when we went from the patella was sitting this way and we can release the lateral structures and make it go this way to let's focus on the hip and the femur is kind of, you know, creating the position of the patella. So I think when that theory changed with Chris Powers out in Southern California, I think maybe that's a one major reason why the lateral release went dead, uh, so to speak. But I've treated a bunch of people after lateral release. I think the surgery and the forced rest for two, three months may have been the reason why, but also it could be that they did something to the lateral structures. I don't, I don't know the ex- exact story to that, but you know, I, I think that it worked okay for a lot of people. But I just know it's, you know, the research is maybe saying it's not as effective anymore. I, there's got to be a certain subset of the population that a true biomechanical fix actually is what they need. Right. Believe it or not, as right. much as we don't, you know, like to think that sometimes, yeah. there probably is a certain subset. It was probably well overdone on people. Definitely, you know, and that's yeah. probably part of it. What about you, Dan? Were you having any good experience with that sort of stuff? I've only had two or three, I and mean, maybe it's because I'm a newer clinician, right? So they don't have as many of those surgeries, but I can remember them doing fairly well, you know? Right. Um, yeah, and just treating it kind of like I would a post-surgical knee, but also trying to think, like, okay, maybe this is kind of a patellofemoral type patient, so treat them like you would right. uh, if they didn't have the surgery afterwards and just respect the, the healing surgical site. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I haven't had you know, any bad experiences with it. Yeah. Well said, right? I mean, this isn't just like a normal post-op. I think the post-op is, is very much how we talk about like treating the source, you know, or, or treating the, the symptoms, right? And then globally still having to work on some stuff. But anything from you guys? I mean, no, not, not like a rocket science question, no. but, you know, I, I, you know, going back to the death of the knee thing, I mean, I would say two potential reasons why you may have that in your head is one is, you know, are they just overdoing it in maybe your town? Maybe you have a local physician that still loves this. Maybe that's like their go-to, right? Maybe they're overdoing it on people that that wasn't the true cause of their issues. So maybe that's why they never got better, right? And it seems like, you know, it was, you know, you know, maybe the, the surgery is not worthwhile, but maybe it just wasn't worthwhile in that person. Yeah. Um, you want to jump in? Yeah, just I'll say I think Dan and I both have only seen a few because obviously, like you said, we're younger clinicians and I feel like this is falling a little bit more out of style. So maybe we just didn't catch the wave there. But Probably. I think it, it's, it speaks to the bigger change we've seen where people, like you said, they may have a biomechanical issue at the knee. But um, I think a lot of the uh, clinicians I had were treating very locally at the knee and it kind of ignoring the ankle and the hip. And so I think that as we saw, Chris Powers uh, research emerge, more people are treating a little bit more holistically in the entire kinetic chain. But also, I think we've done a really good job of getting strength conditioning principles into the rehab. I think a lot of people do poorly with knee stuff because they maybe do well with the rehab, but then all of a sudden it's just like, all right, let's go back to whatever you're doing. And for you know a typical general population, that's like tons of stairs, tons of walking, time on their feet. That's a lot for them too. So I think we just got to be cautious about graded exposure, even with the non-athlete kind of person. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And, and again, I guess it's maybe you know, not just considering this a lateral release rehab, you know, this mm-hmm. is like a knee rehab that, that was just a part of it. Um, yeah. I will say, you know, I think the only th- other thing I'd add is um, I don't, there's something, I don't know if this is, uh, you know, extra articular or um, if we have some like uh, vascularity over there on that lateral side, but I will say oftentimes these people look, yeah, ner- yeah obviously nerves too, but like these people get huge after surgery, right? Lots of swelling, you know, it almost seems like the swelling is like that puffiness outside the knee and you really can't even see like the form of the knee for a while. So it seems like it's a disaster, but like on the inside, maybe it's not as bad, but I don't don't know, there's something about this procedure that I think there's so much post-operative swelling. I mean, Mm. we used to immediately apply like one of those like C foam pads underneath our our ACE wraps to really kind of get that swelling down. I think if you're, you know, if you're not like, 
prepared that that thing's going to blow up, then uh, oftentimes that could be an issue. And then if it gets that swollen, what happens? The quad shuts down, you walk with a limp, you can't straighten out your knee, right? Like all those sorts of things. So, you know, again, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's, I, it's probably not as bad as it seems, right? Yeah, I, I agree. Bill Clancy uh, in Birmingham introduced that to me, that concept. Maybe it was him, maybe it was Andrews or Kevin, I don't know. I think it was Clancy, but what Mike said, swelling laterally, when you have a lateral issue going on, your knee's going to swell up. Medial side issue, you're going to get stiffness in the knee. So MCL sprain, notice the knee gets stiff. LCL sprain, not as bad. So I think just kind of going off of that lateral swelling, medial stiffness. So keep an eye on that stuff too. Nice. Pearl. Nick, what do we got? What's our second question today? All right, Madison from Florida. Hi, everyone. I'm a really big gymnastics fan, so I would love if Dave could answer this question. What are the signs of OCD in the elbow, ankle, knee, etc.? And how can these be prevented? I love that. So, good question because very gymnastics based. But I need an elbow, knee, and ankle? Yeah, so it's quite a general question, actually, yeah. even though, you know, it's got some gymnastics, but I think Dave can start off. But, like, I kind of like this question. It's like, what are some signs that you may have an OCD lesion of really any joint? Yeah. I think you've covered most of them. But what do you think, Dave? I mean, you probably see the most OCDs before we know it's an OCD. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, assume that, but I bet you a lot of times you're having somebody with pain. Yeah. And that's what it is. What do you think? What are your, like, what are your go-to indicators that you're worried it might be an OCD? Yeah, I think uh, one of the biggest things is just thinking about the location of where they have their symptoms because, obviously, there's some normal places you would expect some soreness or some overuse type stuff, right? The triceps belly can be sore. Maybe the forearm muscles are sore, but typically nobody has, we're talking about the elbow, obviously, nobody has, like, radial head palpation issues. Nobody has stuff on the bone that's super cranky. I think the other big thing that people typically report first is not so much like a, um, a big like crack or popping, like an acute injury, but they just notice stiffness. They notice like I can't really straighten my elbow or bend my elbow fully, which is a sign typically that, you know, if the OCD is starting to flare up, there's probably some inflammation that's creating capsular stiffness. So you're starting to lose motion maybe. Um, I think rarely people present with like a buckling event. They try to get out of bed and their elbow kind of buckles and that's something you want to be concerned about. But uh, that's a big one. I'll, yeah. I'll slow you down a little bit and kind of go, go over a couple. So that, that's a big one. If that happens. Yeah, you're like... Well, what happens is you had an OCD lesion that then became loose, and now you have a loose body in the joint, and and that's a bigger deal. And to go back to your last comment, like, you know, that stiffness and stuff, I think that's, you know, probably from swelling within the joint, you know, because you have that, but keep going, sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. So I would say uh, the the stiffness, the progressive pain, usually anything over, like, three to five days is concerning. That's usually muscular soreness is recovered by then. Um, So if you have an athlete who is continually complaining of, like, my elbow feels stiff, it's kind of like it aches in the spot that I can't really, like grab, you know, you're thinking it's more internal. So um, those people typically, if it's in the elbow or a non-weight-bearing joint, I think you need to be extra cautious. You need to be like, these things are not built. They don't have a meniscus. They don't have cartilage that can support it. So I think you have to be ca- uh, cautious with that. I think typically in the knee and in the ankle, it comes down more to people have sharper type symptoms. They feel like I have like a stabbing type sharp pain in this location usually to the front of the ankle for athletes that I see are like running athletes and they feel more sharper uh, pressure around different spots in the knee so it's a little bit different than what they would describe as maybe like a, a dull ache in the knee or the ankle like it's usually much more impact based so it's sharper because of the intensity of the location right now just I just add to that again and just say that that those sound like pretty significant yeah. versions of that yeah. I think some of the early warning signs would probably be some joint stiffness and soreness and then I don't know, Dave said it really well I mean it's, it's kind of understanding you know that that's a that's an internal joint issue. So your joints, you're gonna have pain like 
you know, there yeah. versus like here or something yeah. like that. You're not going to usually get it mass anywhere. Yeah. So that, that's kind of, you know, a big part of it. I think that'll, that'll help. And then that way you'll be prepared. Yeah. You know? and the only last piece I would say is that you have to realize that OCD lesions are very location specific. So there's a paper right. that came out in 2017 that compared baseball to gymnasts and baseball had a much different location on the capitulum than gymnasts. It was more anterior because of extended weight bearing versus layback in baseball players. So sometimes the tests I think we use to detect them in different populations are not as valid because it's it's not the same uh, location. So you have to be right. aware of the demands of the sport. Understand your sport. You call it capitulum? You call it capitulum. 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 That's definitely one of those words. That capitulum. Like, there's there's multiple ways to Niche. pronounce it. Niche. <laughs> Quiche. Anconius. Quiche. Since we're on the elbow. Anconius. 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 So many of these. Yeah. So many of these words, right? Humorous. <laughs> That's not Aronials. a word. That's not a word. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, everybody. Another great group of questions. We appreciate it. Head to MikeRonald.com. Click on that podcast link, and you can keep asking away. And be sure to head to iTunes and Spotify, rate, review, and subscribe our podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRonald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.